Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What Are You Talking About? presented by FenleyRoadSports.com. I'm your host, Bob. I'm hanging out talking sports with my older brother, Chris. Chris, what's going on? Not much. Just had a fun time in Washington, D.C. for Labor Day. It's our annual fantasy football draft tradition with me and a bunch of college buddies. We're doing our 11th season. think I got a really good team. Hopefully, we'll get back on top this year. Had a disappointing year last year, but... Every year it's always a fun time to see those guys and draft the team and have some fun. So I had a great weekend. Sweet. I'm glad to hear it. I had a couple of fantasy football drafts as well. It's getting me excited. Each episode of What Are You Talking About for the, about the past month, I've probably been more excited than the last that football is almost upon us. Now, as we're recording this, football is just days away. College football has already started. Uh, yeah, it's time to get in the thick of it. It's time to just get my football routine going. Uh, this is part two of our two-part NFL preview. If you missed the first one, you missed out on the AFC preview. Go check that one out. It's posted on iTunes. It's posted on the website. If you're into college football, we already have a college football preview and a couple other college football podcasts up on the website and on iTunes. Check those out as well. But if you want to hear what we have to say about the NFC and the NFL, this is the podcast for you. So stick with us. We're going to go through it division by division, talk about the teams we like, teams we don't like, storylines that we like. We're going to make a lot of predictions at the end with postseason awards, with the playoffs and all that. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. And uh, let's get started. Chris, I think we said we're going to start with the NFC North. That's Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, and Chicago. Green Bay heartbreakingly lost in the NFC championship game. They had that game on lock against Seattle and uh, blame Green Bay, credit Seattle. They just lost that game. They lost their chance to the Super Bowl. That being said, they're bringing back just about everybody except for Jordy Nelson, who tore that ACL in the preseason. That's definitely a crushing blow, but I still have to think that they're the favorite. What are your thoughts on them? What are your thoughts on the North? Yeah, I certainly think Jordy Nelson's injury will have an impact on the season. I don't think it will be in the division race portion of the season. I think the Packers are still the superior team compared to the other three in this division. Largely inconsistent teams, and I think Green Bay has owned this division for a very long time. Very strong at home. Very strong overall team. Excellent quarterback underrated head coach even though I do think that some of the things he did in that NFC title game contributed to their losing it by and large he Mike McCarthy's been a fantastic coach who doesn't get enough credit so I think that this team is so talented and so well positioned to win because they have arguably the best quarterback in the game right now in Aaron Rodgers that it takes more than Jordy Nelson to derail this train if Aaron Rodgers were hurt yeah that would be a cause for concern but Jordy Nelson I don't think will hurt them in getting to the playoffs or even getting a first round by securing a division. It's when you look towards that next level of winning a conference title or the Super Bowl that a guy like Jordy Nelson can make all the difference in the world against teams like Seattle, who has been dominant in the NFC or whoever they face out of the AFC. So when they have to face that level of competition, they will certainly miss Jordy Nelson. Until then, I'm not going to pick against them. Yeah, neither am I. Aaron Rodgers, uh, in my opinion, I think he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. The combination of him in his prime in terms of physical abilities 
and the offensive awareness that he has, which is uh, rivaled to all the other greats that are playing right now. I think he, I think he is it. And I think he's at that level. He's reached that level where losing Jordy Nelson isn't really going to affect his numbers at all, especially in the regular season. Like you said, he's going to keep on checking. He still has Eddie Lacy, one of the best packs in the league to hand it off to. He still has Randall Cobb and he's still Aaron Rodgers, who will just do some of those amazing things that we saw him do last year en route to winning the MVP. And they're going to be fine. The good thing for the Packers, uh, They've always been known for Aaron Rodgers in the offense, and they've been known for having a relatively soft defense. I think they are continuing to shore that up. They they tried to do that last year, and it and it worked relatively well. They spent their first two round picks on on defensive backs. They have a the makings of a good backfield, and they have a good uh, front line, and they have Clay Matthews in the middle, who's one of the the best pass rushing linebackers in the league. This is a good all around team that's better than better than the rest of the competition for sure yeah i said last week that i think eddie lacy is going to have a bigger role without jordy nelson i think that that, that's how you replace jordy nelson you can't replace him he's so versatile such a big play threat i think what you do is you just change up the offense a little bit and maybe run a little bit more curate some balance keep the defense off balance so i think that eddie lacy should have a bigger year than even he was projected to have without Jordy Nelson there. They certainly have other guys who can step up and fill the void, but I don't think Jordy Nelson's the guy you can just replace. You just have to tweak your offense a little bit, but that's why I like the Packers. They have such a good head coach. I think they're going to be fine, and I think that they will get to the playoffs, and I think that this is still their division to rule over. But let's talk about the other three teams now. Who do you like amongst those guys? Because I think I think a couple of them have improved. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think one has improved. I'm not sure if the other two have. Uh, Detroit? made the playoffs last year, made the wild card. They lost Sue and Dominican Sue and Nick Fairley on their defensive line. Uh, for having Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, the Lions are still a team that's known for their defense. And to lose all all that meat in the middle of your defense, uh, that's hard to replace. And they did save face by getting Nada, uh, Haloti Nada from the Ravens, who's a really good nose tackle, but he's not in Dominican Sue. And I'd say at this point, he's not Nick Fairley when Nick Fairley feels like playing and being good. So I'm not sure if you can say that they improved. Uh, I don't think they have. Who I do think has improved are the Minnesota Vikings. I think they had a quietly good year, a good year one with Teddy Bridgewater. As a rookie quarterback, he had his ups and downs, but it was definitely promising. And you get back Adrian Peterson, who at the time of suspension was the best running back in the league. So add that to Teddy Bridgewater in the offense. I think that's good. And they've quietly amassed a really good defense. They drafted Trey Waynes in the first round, one of the better, probably one of the, probably the best cornerback in the draft. And they got a really good value in TJ Clemmings in the fourth round, a guy who has first round talent. So I think Minnesota is a set for a really good year. Yeah. And they also added Mike Wallace. We talked about Mike Wallace last week, oddly enough, but I do think Mike Wallace will help. Kyle Rudolph was hurt a lot last year. Very good tight end that they're getting back. Minnesota is a team I really, really like. They went 1-5 in the division last year. I believe their only win was against Chicago. So the Vikings, 1-5 in the division. That means their 7-9 record. Six wins came out of that division. Pretty tough team. Just bogged down by playing in a pretty competitive division with Detroit and Green Bay. So you look at the, you look at the Vikings and going 7-9 
without Adrian Peterson, you get the best back in the NFL back, or at least a top five back in the NFL back in your offense that had revolved around him. That's going to take more pressure off Teddy Bridgewater, who looked I think, fantastic in his rookie year. Maybe not fantastic. Maybe that's overstating it. But I think he had a very strong rookie year. He was the quarterback I liked the most out of that draft class. And he showed why last year. I think he gives the Vikings a lot of hope for the future. They may have found their franchise guy. And they get their franchise running back back. Wow. I mean, I think the Vikings are poised to take a step forward and have a winning season and have a strong season. Yeah, definitely. I think they've done enough themselves to improve and I think they're going to take advantage of the fact that Detroit is going to struggle to find an identity without Indomitian Sue in the middle Um, Chicago I'm not really uh, interested in too much they traded away Brandon Marshall drafted Kevin White Kevin White is now out for at least half the year with that knee surgery I think it's just gonna be more of the same more ups and downs with Jay Cutler they're going to score a lot of points some some weeks other weeks he's just going to look terrible and that defense is not good at all. So I'm not uh, really interested in them, nor do I think they're going to do much this year. No, I'm not interested in them either, but I want to give out a little bit of a stat. In 2002, John Fox joined Carolina off a 1-15 season, and two years later, in his second year, they went to the Super Bowl with Jake DeLong. In 2011, he joined Denver. That was Martin Mediocrity, 4-12 the year before. They went to the playoffs, won a game with Tim Tebow. Jay Cutler is better than both those quarterbacks. John Fox is a really good head coach. He's running the Bears now. I'm intrigued by it. I don't think they're going to be that good. I certainly think that if I'm picking them, I'd pick them to be the weakest team in that division. But John Fox has a track record of turning around teams pretty quickly. So that's the only intriguing part for me in Chicago is can John Fox do it again? And can John Fox get Jay Cutler to play like the, the, I mean, he has the talent to be an elite quarterback for whatever reason, it's just not coming together. So that'll be interesting. But other than that, I I don't think Chicago is, I I think they're certainly poised to have a bad season. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to finish in last place in the NFC North. The other three teams are just uh, a lot better. So so we're both picking Green Bay, it sounds like? Yeah, definitely. I'm picking Green Bay to win. All right. This next division is going to be a lot of fun. Heading south. Yeah. Bob, last year the Panthers won this division at 7-8-1. Um, another losing team in the playoffs. I believe the last team to do that was Seattle. They were 7-9 and, and won the West a few years back. So... Boy, man, I mean, who, who you got in this division? Because this is, I mean, honestly, all four of these teams have a shot. I don't necessarily think all four of these teams are that good, though. Yeah, they all have some serious flaws. Uh, this is probably the hardest one to pick. I wouldn't say it's the best division. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not by a long shot. Yeah, but it's definitely the hardest to pick. Um, they all have question marks, so I guess I'll just start and kind of figure out who I'm going to pick at the end, but... Uh, the winners, the the Carolina Panthers, they have a really good defense. I don't think that's going to change. I think uh, they, I think two years ago they had one of the best defenses. They got a little worse last year. I think that's what they're going to be this year. They didn't really do anything in the off season to add or to improve. They took a big hit when Kelvin Benjamin went down with that ACL tear. Now more of it's going to be on Cam Newton. More of it's going to be on that questionable run game. I don't know if 
uh, they're ready or equipped to to deal with that. So I don't have really any faith in that offense. Uh, the two teams that do have really good offenses, the Saints and the Falcons, even though uh, the Saints trade away Jimmy Graham, Kenny Stills, and their Pro Bowl offensive lineman Ben Grubbs, uh, they still have Drew Brees, and they still have a lot of different weapons on there, as well as C.J. Spiller. Uh, their offense is really bad. Their offense was terrible last year, 28th in points allowed and 31st in total defense. Uh, they spent six of their nine draft picks on defensive players, and basically they traded away all their guys for more defensive players. So they're definitely shoring that up and trying to get better. I'm not sure if it's going to do much. And then you look at the Falcons who have offensive line problems, uh, more defensive problems. Dan Quinn's coming from Seattle. He's a known as the, the architect of that Legion of boom. I don't know if the Falcons have the players for Dan Quinn to make that much of an impact his first year. Uh, yeah, so that's all the problems that they have. Uh, that being said, I'm going with the most established quarterback. I think Drew Brees is just going to be a little bit better than the rest, and he's going to lead the Saints to win the division. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I think that they are the more talented team than the rest. Last year, the Saints had the best point differential in the division at minus 23. That is how bad <laughs> that division was. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were minus 133, the Falcons were minus 36, and the Panthers were minus 35. So that but the Saints the Saints scored the most points in the division at 401. So that's how bad their defense was. I mean, they they scored more points than anyone in the division, but their defense was so bad that they could only have a minus 23. I mean, this division there is nothing to like about it. Uh, you're right. Kelvin Benjamin going down for Carolina is a huge blow. The defense is solid, but the offense, I have no idea who's going to step up and make plays other than Cam Newton. Greg Olson is a solid tight end, but you need a little bit more than him uh, on your offense. New Orleans, again, and we just said, great offense. They traded away some pieces. They still got Marcus Colston. But what is going to happen with that defense? I mean, that defense has been a problem for a while now. Uh, it used to be a quote-unquote opportunistic defense. It'd give up a lot of yards and points, but they'd get the turnovers when they need it. Now it's just bad. And so they yeah. went 3-5 and five at home. That was their first losing record at home since 2007. And that's in the last three years. They were 24-4 and four at home. So, my goodness, man. I mean, where wh- – I mean, what is that? Wait, 24-4. and four. Hold on. No, 20-4. and four. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. 20-4 and because they only played 24 games at home in the last three years. So there's my math going there for you. <laughs> and then you go to Atlanta. Atlanta's been my biggest, the bane of my existence. In 2012, they were so good. And then 13, I picked them, I'm going to admit this on the air, to win the Super Bowl. And they were yeah. terrible. <laughs> Last year, they were better, but still not very good at 6-10. and 10. I think Atlanta has a lot of talent. I, I think all-around talent goes to Atlanta. If we're talking about they have an established franchise quarterback, Matt Ryan. I think he's a top 10 to 12 quarterback. They have good offensive weapons. The defense is bad, but it's not as terrible as some of the other division defenses in the league, but in, in the division. Maybe Dan Quinn can solve that and get it to mediocre. I think if that happens, I like the Falcons to win the division. And then there's Tampa Bay. Maybe Jameis Winston can score some more points. The Bucks only scored 277 points last year. That is so bad and so if Jameis Winston can be an average rookie maybe they'll step up and win the division too I have no idea 
I'm going to go with the Falcons because I think they're the best all-around team. But whoever wins this division isn't going very far in the playoffs. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I, I was thinking about picking the Falcons. I just think that they didn't make as much of an overhaul from their team last year as the Saints did. I the Saints drafted tons of defensive players. They got Danelle Ellerby, uh, Anthony Spencer, Kyle Wilson, Brandon Browner, uh, Jarris Bird was their big signing last year. The uh, Pro Bowl safety. He had a season-ending injury, so he's going to be back. I think there's more hope for improvement for the saints just from the fact that they're going to be a totally different team on defense yeah and certainly i mean it's hard to pick against sean payton and drew Brees too because i think payton's a very strong coach drew Brees obviously an elite quarterback i don't know man maybe it's just one of those i gotta be fooled three times by the falcons before i finally give up on them but i'm, t- I'm still trying to save face for that super bowl pick i guess and and I, I i think i'm just gonna stick with them again but again, this division is going to be so tough. I, I honestly could see Tampa Bay winning it. I really, I, I could see Tampa Bay winning this division if, if if everything goes right with Winston's development. Yeah, I could see that too. I don't think it really has anything to do with Winston. I think it has most to do with Doug Martin. Can he actually be a good running back again? Uh, if if not, Winston's in for a long year. If yes, then I think he they can easily go eight and eight and win the division. Hey, eight and eight would have won the division last year by half game. So. But you know what? Though? Yeah. We're looking at last year's standings. I, I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year. I think one of these teams will win 10 games just because I think one will beat up on the others a little bit and win enough to get to 9 or 10 wins. But I still can't confidently pick any of these teams to do make any noise in the playoffs. Yeah, me neither. And they do have uh, probably a, the division has an easier schedule. They don't have to play the AFC North. I think they're playing the AFC South. So that's... Uh, going from the toughest to the easiest division uh, in cross conference play, but still, I don't, I don't. They're not. None of these teams are good. No. So this, I think, this is our first division pick that we disagreed on, even in last podcast. So I'm going Atlanta. You're going New Orleans. So we finally got a little yep. bit of uh, friction here, man. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the AFC in general is just more set than the nfc i would agree with that i think the afc is a little more clear cut other than that pittsburgh baltimore as we both admitted that that's going to come down to the wire last week in our part one podcast but right now we're going to stick in the nfc go east quote unquote east i still can't figure out how the dallas cowboys are in the east but whatever um point being uh the NFC East is definitely going to be a fun division, especially with uh, a particular team I know you're fond of. But, you know, let's just start it right off. Who do you like in this division? Yeah, I, I like the Cowboys. If if you're going to make me pick right away, I like I like the Cowboys. They were the best team last year. They are, I don't think much has changed. I know DeMarco Murray's gone, but that offensive line is back, and they're probably even better. They got Lyle Collins, who... Should have been a first-round draft pick, but they signed him as an undrafted free agency agent just because of uh, his police investigation that he was found innocent in. So the offensive line's better. DeMarco Murray's gone. They have Joseph Randall and Darren McFadden. I think they can replace that run game easily. Um, yeah, and they didn't really make any other moves or lose any other pieces, so I think you have to consider them the favorite the NFC East, I think this is the most intriguing division uh, and just in terms of storylines, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the Eagles, but I'm interested to see who you think is going to win this one. 
Well, I think Dallas is going to win the division for all the reasons you just said. I mean, if you want to improve your running game, draft an offensive line. That's what the Cowboys did last year. DeMarco Murray has a career year. You look at Adrian Peterson when he won MVP. They drafted Khalil Mack. They, you, 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 know, you want to improve your running game, get an offensive line. That's what Dallas did. I think Joseph Randall and Darren McFadden can replace that. I'm not worried about DeMarco Murray not being there. Tony Romo is the best quarterback in this division, I think. I mean, right now. Eli Manning certainly has the two rings, but if you're talking about right now, I'm taking Tony Romo. I don't think he gets enough credit for all that he's done in Dallas. There have been years where they have been mediocre, and the only reason they even whiffed the playoffs was because Tony Romo had that team squarely on his shoulders. So I think Romo gets a bad rap for the big games thing. I I like Dallas, and I think they're going to win the division. The two teams I'm interested in, very much so. I mean, Philadelphia, let's just get right to it. Chip Kelly, let's just see what this experiment yields. He's got four quarterbacks yeah. on the team. He's got two running backs that they paid more money than the guy they trade away. Uh, he gets rid of Jeremy Macklin. Who the heck knows what's going on there? I just want to see how all this shakes out and whether or not we're going to be calling Chip a genius or a mad scientist. Yeah, absolutely. And before I get started, um, Matt Khalil is the tackle in Minnesota. Khalil uh, Mack is the linebacker. Khalil. I get those two confused all yeah, the time. They're just like the similar, <laughs> similar names, so I do apologize for that. It's okay. Um, yeah, you didn't even mention, trade away LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso, signed to Marco Murray and Ryan Matthews on the same day, essentially commit over $10 million to the running back position. That's a big no-no. Signed Byron Maxwell to a $63 million deal. This is the fourth best member of the Seattle Seahawks secondary. Uh, the guy that they saw fit to not re-sign that was expendable. That's a really bad move. They let Jeremy Macklin walk, draft Nelson Algalar out of USC, and then they cut Evan Mathis. They don't even trade him or, or do they just cut him. And he, according to Pro Football Focus, is was a top five offensive guard for the past three years. So, what is Chip Kelly doing? What is he thinking? This is the make or break year for his cults of genius. If it works, if they get to say 10 and six with all the moves that he's made, uh, then he keeps his job. But if it doesn't work, uh, it, he's going down in flames and he's going to be a, a story that you tell cautionary tales to. Cause I don't think a lot of things that he's done this off season have made sense. I'm not a big believer in it. That being said, I still think the offense is going to click enough to to win a lot of games. I mean, the guy's won 20 games in the last two years. He's been a good coach. I think Chip Kelly, the GM, is under investigation right now. Not investigation, but under fire right now or on trial right now. There's the word I'm looking for. On trial right now. And I don't know. If they have one bad year out of three after starting off so strong, I don't necessarily think he'd pay for it with his job. He might pay for it. he might get another chance and then eventually pay for it with his general manager's job. But I think he's proven that he's a good NFL coach and can win in this league. It's just a matter of if he can handle both duties of being general manager and coach. And I don't think many guys uh, should have that. I think those responsibilities should be split because it generally doesn't work out. Yeah. And I think the thing that it's not like you analyze all these moves that the Eagles made. I wouldn't say that they got really worse in making any of them. I mean, Jeremy Macklin letting him go 
might hurt you a little bit, but you made it, made it up for it with the, with the first round draft pick. And the only questionable one was just cutting Evan Mathis for, for nothing. Um, but you know, Nick Foles for Sam Bradford, I'd say that's a wash. I, I don't really, if you had made me choose who was better, I would probably say Foles, but Bradford is probably just as good. DeMarco Murray for LaShawn McCoy. It's just the, the contracts that he's given out, I think are, the big things for me. So I don't think it's going to play itself out so much this year as opposed to down the road when their team's going to be a little bit bloated, but I don't think they're any bit better or worse than last year. So I think they are set to win 10 games. It's been four years since the giants have won their last super bowl. Do you think they're going to get it together this year? Well, since Jason Pierre Paul blew off his hand, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> that's a weird storyline man yeah we never really talked about it but uh i think without him that defense is still going to be bad i mean he's their premier pass rush they're known for their pass rush uh without him i don't i I think it's gonna be hard that offense could be insane though as people aren't talking enough about victor cruz coming back dodell beckham they have a pretty good core of running backs too that offense could be pretty deadly yeah, and they invested in in the offensive line in the first round of the draft with Eric Flowers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm interested to see what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. in his second year. Uh, the hype got, I think, it got out of hand by the end of his rookie season. I'm is is he in store for a repeat, or do you think he's going to have a little bit of a regression? Well, it's hard to top what he did. And I also think Victor Cruz is going to both help him in that if Cruz is on the field, you can't just center in on him. But it could hurt him because Victor Cruz is going to get some numbers too. So it could go both ways there. But man, I mean, some of the raw catches he made, I just don't think that that kind of ability is going to fade. I certainly think he's going to be a strong guy. But if you're asking me if he's going to do what he did last year, I mean, that's a high bar to set. I think I certainly think he's arrived and I don't think he's going anywhere. But I don't know. I, I mean, if if the standard is topping what he did last year, then I'd, I'd have to say no. But I, I certainly think he's a legitimate option. Yeah, I think he's definitely talented. I think uh, he will, just in terms of numbers, not impress some people. And uh, all right, well, I'll say it. Uh, if you drafted him in fantasy, you might be in for a little bit of disappointment as well. So <laughs> that's what I'm expecting. Um, I don't think the Giants really have a complete team yet to compete for the playoffs. I don't think their defense is good enough. I think that passing attack uh, could be really good and it could surprise some people, but I just don't think they're well-rounded enough right now. All right, well, we both aren't going to be picking Washington. I think that team is set to be a beautiful disaster this year. So (laughs) I do want to say one thing. Recapping the RG3 trade, St. Louis got eight guys. Five of them are starting. They got a defensive tackle, a cornerback, a linebacker, a running back, and an offensive lineman starting for RG3. I think it's safe to say that they destroyed Washington in that trade. And I I remember the Browns were talking about trading up there. I didn't want the Browns to pay that price at all. And I said it at the time. I wrote it on my blog at the time. I did not want that at all. I didn't want any part of that. And I, you know, Washington, a lot of fans were going crazy for it. I'm like, you just wait, man. That is a lot to pay. 
sure enough, it has been a disaster. So I think Washington will have a chance to make up for it in the 2016 draft. We'll get to that in a bit. But right now, I think it's going to be a beautiful disaster for Washington. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely a cautionary tale for for valuing the quarterback position so highly that you're willing to basically sacrifice every other aspect of your team to get a unknown entity at quarterback who you think will be a good player. Um, I feel bad for RG three because he's at in at this point, he's definitely feeling the weight of all those draft picks given up for him and the expectations and uh, just the way I feel like he's been mistreated in his time in Washington uh, physically and uh, through the coaches and the media. Uh, I feel bad for him, but yeah, they're, they're uh, hard to watch. They're going to be really hard to watch this year. In my outline, all I have for the Redskins is LOL. (laughs) The thing is though, RG three is another one of those guys who you want to root for. He seems like a pretty good guy. And I also think it didn't help that his rookie year, he set the bar so high. I mean, he was fantastic that rookie year. He was a mega star. And that's just set so many just huge expectations that it all just kind of went down from there. Because, I mean, those those expectations are hard to top. So, again, I mean, look, look, it's nothing against RG3. And you can't control that another team traded that much for you. But I agree. I mean, there's certainly a lot of pressure put on his back because of all they gave up for him and what they're seeing St. Louis do, who we're about to get right in and talk about. I think we both picked Dallas to win the East. So moving on to the West, the team that got the benefit of the G3 trade, I think is the most intriguing team in the NFL and is poised for a breakout year. Yeah, I I thought they were intriguing last year uh, when they drafted Aaron Donald. That defensive line looked amazing. And... You know they did have an eight and eight or no a six and ten year I think yeah it was six and, and ten and that was decent and they had some big moments uh, showing up strong against Seattle their division rival uh, they still just were inconsistent but I agree with you I think if there's a time for this team to arrive it's this year uh, Bradford for Foles if you improve upon anything in that trade it's consistency and that Foles will stay on the field Bradford has those injury issues uh, that defensive line. How could it get better? Well, I guess if you sign Nick Fairley as your backup defensive tackle, that's how you get better. That's ridiculous. Um, the only issue, I think, is the offensive line. They're only returning two starters, neither of whom were really good last year. One of those guys is Greg Robinson, who is a rookie. Uh, they did help in drafting Rob Havenstein in, from Wisconsin in the second round, and it never hurts to draft an offensive lineman from Wisconsin, especially if you're trying to get a power run game going with Todd Gurley. So... Yeah, if if there's a year for them to make the playoffs, to, to arrive as a good team, I think this is it. Uh, if not, you're going to have to start looking at what's wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is a big year for Jeff Fisher, who was given a lot of leeway because of his name and, and because of what he was inheriting. But he, the RG3 trade is over. He's drafted very well over the last few years, made a savvy trade for Nick Foles, and got a higher draft pick out of that trade. So... Very savvy trade. I think Nick Foles, you're right, is better just by the fact that he'll be there and he'll be solid. And everyone talks about Todd Gurley, but Trey Mason came on real strong last year. I think Mason's going to be involved in that offense a lot. I'm not trying to knock Gurley or anything, but I do think Mason will have his say. 
But this is the year for St. Louis. If they are going to win, the time is now. Because when you look at two other teams in the division, San Francisco is a train wreck waiting to happen. That team has crumbled every month, it seems. Another guy is retiring or getting arrested. Their coach left for Michigan. He must have seen the writing on the wall or something like that because I don't see how this team is going to be that good. So I think right there, St. Louis improves because San Fran is about to bottom out. Secondly, I am not sold on Arizona at all. Arizona has a great coach in Bruce Arenas. He's done a fantastic job this first two years. But Carson Palmer, can he play 16? If he can't play 16 games, there is no way they're going to be doing what they did last year on their third-string quarterback. I'm sorry. You can't get away with that twice in the NFL. I don't see the Cardinals duplicating their success if Carson Palmer can't stay healthy, and I just can't buy into that. So when you look at those two teams, I think they're due for a regression. St. Louis has been bubbling up for the last couple of years. I think they're poised for a breakout year. I think the only team in this division that really scares me is Seattle, and for good reason. They've been to the last two Super Bowls, locked and loaded, reloaded with Jimmy Graham. Certainly will help their offense as if it needed any help. So I think that's how it's going to shake down. I still like Seattle to win the division, but I think St. Louis is going to be right there uh, in the number two spot. Yeah, definitely. Just to recap, San Francisco, uh, they're going to be playing without Patrick Willis, Chris Borland, Alden Smith, Justin Smith, Navarro Bowman's coming back from an ACL tear, and Ahmad Brooks is pending charges on sexual assault, so he might not be playing either. So that's basically your entire linebacker core plus one, plus your best defensive lineman not there on a team that was all about their defense. So I think they're out of the picture for sure. And don't forget they lost Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore, and that, uh, I forget the offensive lineman's name, but he's their left guard, very good blocker. Mike Upati. Exactly. So he's on Arizona now. So they lose a core of their uh, big pieces on offense too. So it's going to be tough sledding for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mike Upati coincidentally went to Arizona, and he's actually – not going to start the season he's injured so oh, wow. uh oh well but yeah Arizona <laughs> people are acting like Carson Palmer would have rescued this team last year Carson Palmer's good at this point but he's not anywhere near to the Palmer that we knew 10 years ago um I think he's a marginal upgrade at quarterback and if he stays healthy he will marginally benefit that offense Arizona was the most lucky team in the NFL last year outplaying their projected win margin based on their point differential by about three games. So they finished, uh, I think, with 11 wins. They should have finished with eight wins. So uh, can are they really that much better? Have they improved? I don't really think so, especially, like you said, with St. Louis getting better, probably surpassing them in terms of talent. Um, and you know I like Seattle. I think Seattle is an amazing team, adding Jimmy Graham, that's awesome. Uh, the only concern is the offensive line. They gave up Max Unger for Jimmy Graham. That offensive line was uh, questionable without Jimmy Graham. That's the weak point. And furthermore, the Cam Chancellor holdout could break up the Legion of Boom. I don't think it's going to go through the season, but uh, they need to wrap that up and, and resolve that quickly. Certainly. I mean, Seattle is definitely going to face some big questions at the end of this year because a lot of these young guys are going to be due for some big money. We've talked about this before, but right now, still the class of the division, two-time Super Bowl appearances, almost two-time Super Bowl victory. So 
how do you pick against that team? But I like I like St. Louis. I think that they are coming, and I think Arizona and San Fran are taking steps back. I agree with you on Arizona and Carson Palmer. It's hard to believe we're talking about 10 years ago for Carson Palmer, man. I remember when he came out, he was awesome. He had some injuries that really set him back. I mean, you wonder if he doesn't tear his ACL or, or the shoulder injury he had in 09, I think. If he doesn't suffer those, are we talking about him up with Aaron Rodgers as two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? I mean, it, it is kind of an unfortunate story uh, with him, but it's, it's a testament to him how long he's been able to stay around in the NFL and still be very relevant in the NFL despite all his injuries and, and setbacks, you know, with that. So, and, and, and just, just in typical Palmer luck, he, he signs that three-year extension and in the next game he gets hurt for the rest of the year. I mean, it, it, he's right. had a lot of bad luck, and I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I just don't see him as the answer to that team. I, I, I agree with you. They got very fortunate to win 11 games last year, and I, I don't think that they're going to be there. I think St. Louis is going to overtake them, and I think it's going to be Seattle and St. Louis for the division. I'm going with the Seahawks. Yeah, I um, I'm going with the Seahawks for sure. I don't think it's going to be close. You're you from what you're saying, you, you're making it sound like it's going to be close between the Rams and the Seahawks. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be close. I think St. Louis will be there. I think they'll have a very good season. But I, I think Seattle will win 12 or 13 games, and that'll even if Seattle is St. Louis wins 10, that'll put them three games back. So I don't think it's going to be a nip tuck race like Baltimore and Pittsburgh will be over in the AFC. But I'm just saying St. Louis will be the set, is poised for a breakout year. Okay. Uh, anything you want to say before playoff? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I was just about to get to my wild card picks. I mean, I'm sure everyone on the podcast can probably guess I'm going to pick the Rams to win a wild card. I do like them. I think that they are going to be one of the two wild cards in the NFC. My other wild card team is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're going to take a step forward with Adrian Peterson coming back. Teddy Bridgewater, I love this guy. I think he's going to be a legitimate, a real legitimate quarterback and I think they're going to improve by three or four games. I think both those teams will win 10 or 11 games and, and get the two wild card spots. I agree with you on the Vikings uh, for every reason that you just said. Just to recap, I said Seattle, Green Bay, Dallas, and New Orleans as my division winners. Then I'll have Minnesota as a wild card. And I'm sticking with the Eagles. I just think uh, the Chip Kelly and the offense, they're good enough, talented enough to maintain uh, a playoff spot like they did last year. So, uh, yeah, I'm picking them. Yeah, they won 10 games last year, but fell just short because the Lions and Cardinals were both 11-win teams. But, look, I, I don't. I think people are a little down on the Eagles. I agree with you, too. I, I think they'll be there. But I really like the Rams, man. I, I'm staking it on them. I think the I Rams like the, and Vikings I like, will be there. I do like the Rams. I, I think they're a really fun team to watch. I'm just not so sure on their offense. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, just to recap my picks because you did yours, I had Dallas, Green Bay, Atlanta, Seattle, and now St. Louis and Minnesota as the two wild card teams. So we'll see how many of those we get right as the season goes on. But Bob, outside of the playoff teams, I mean, what's what's your your NFC non-playoff storyline? What what are you most interested in aside from the teams that'll be in there in the playoff hunt? Yeah, so I would say the Eagles all the way, just because of everything that I said, plus Tim Tebow, but. If I have them making the playoffs, then I'm looking at RG3 and the Jay Gruden saga. Uh, it's going to come to a close at this year. It's a, it's an ugly car crash that I, I don't think anybody can really look away from. It's going to be talked about a lot, and I think it is a storyline for, uh, you know, a story arc for the Washington Redskins over the last 
three or four years. So it's going to come to a conclusion and it's going to be ugly. Now, wouldn't that be kind of a sort of ironic twist that in 2012, RG3 was so good, made the playoffs, and everyone was laughing at St. Louis. And then if St. Louis were to win 10 or 11 games, make the playoffs as the coach gets fired and RG3 likely not renewed, wouldn't that be kind of just a sort of ironic turn of fates in that it starts off so heavily for Washington and then at the end, the long-term losing all those draft picks swinged it for St. Louis. So certainly an intriguing storyline. Mine, of course, is Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. I mean, you have the number one overall pick in the league. It's always exciting. Winston has the potential to be a top-tier quarterback if he can realize it. I thought he looked very good in college. His second year, a little bit weaker than the first. But I do think that Winston has what it takes to make it. It's just a matter of whether or not he'll be set up to succeed. If he can develop all the questions that come with drafting a quarterback number one overall, it's always intriguing because you never know if, if, you, if Tampa Bay catches lightning in the bottle. That could change the dynamic of the entire league. So I'll certainly be interested to see if Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I'll be keeping my eye on that as well. Um when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, I'm always a little bit jealous, so I don't like looking at them because uh, I wish that they were on my team. <laughs> but. Right. Yeah, I mean the Browns. We'll talk about that soon, too. We got a bonus Clee Talk edition for all you Cleveland fans out there. We'll be talking about the Browns season this week as well, so stay tuned for that. But right now, we're going to be talking about some MVP candidates and probably won't be talking about many Browns players on this list, but... Well, I guess let's start with the Rookie of the Year. Who do you got for Rookie of the Year, Bob? So are we doing NFL Rookie of the Year or Conference Rookie of the Year? Uh, NFL. Just just who's the top rookie in the NFL. I think it's going to be Melvin Gordon. He's inheriting uh, the feature back role on a really good offense with a really good quarterback, a smart quarterback. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of involvement, uh, and he's going to hit the ground running uh, as – as the feature back for the Chargers. That's a really good pick because of his opportunities. I like Amari Cooper, though, too. I think he has the explosive talent. I think he can make some some noise. I know he's on Oakland. That doesn't play too well for him, but last week I said Oakland was one of my more intriguing teams to watch the non-playoff storyline. So I like Amari Cooper. We'll see if he can put up the numbers needed to win that award, though, because as a rookie, you kind of have to put up some big numbers to win it. I mean, there's no way around that. Yeah, for sure. I think he would have to have like an ODB-type rookie season to to turn heads in Oakland. Certainly. Um, so defensive player of the year, I mean, is there any question who we're picking for this? Uh, absolutely not. J.J. Uh, Watt, yeah. for sure, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, that guy's insane. He's just – he's a monster. I mean, they, if you get a chance to watch Houston play, you've got to watch this guy play defense. I, he is just unbelievable – He's a once-in-a-generation type talent. You gotta watch him. He's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. All right, who do you got for offensive MVP? Offensive MVP or overall MVP? Uh, well, I'm. Oh no, you just mean the question overall. to say is there a difference? But let's go overall MVP. Overall MVP. So the so the top guy, the MVP. I gotta go, Andrew Luck. I think this is the year of the luck. I think if uh, the Colts have a very successful season, he's going to be a big reason why he's going to put up big numbers. I think people are waiting to coronate him because he's improved every year. He's been fantastic to watch. I think Andrew Luck is going to win this thing. 
it's certainly a very competitive category because it's hard to predict which team's going to be on top, which quarterback. You know, a lot of factors go in. But if I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet Andrew Luck. That's a really good pick. Uh, he certainly has the most offensive firepower he's had since entering the league. I'm tempted to pick Aaron Rodgers again, but they don't seem to re- reward consecutive MVPs in the NFL all that much. Uh, he would have the the storyline of not having Jordy Nelson if he puts up a big year. Uh, I'm actually going to surprise you probably and say Ben Roethlisberger. Ooh, that is kind of a surprise. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think that Steelers offense really clicked until. Uh, maybe like week four or week five of last year. So this is a really new thing for the Steelers offense and for Roethlisberger, but they're just loaded on proven talented pieces. And if they uh, keep it going uh, for 16 games, I think he's going to have a monster year and could turn a lot of heads and surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and that's a good point with Aaron Rodgers. I think if he puts up big numbers without Jordy Nelson, the voters will reward him for that. But again, it's so tough to kind of pick these awards in the preseason because so much of the MVP is tied to how your team does and things like that. There are other, a lot of factors that are hard to predict. But Roethlisberger is a, a surprising but but very, very good pick too because I, I agree. I think if he, he would kind of have a breakout year offensively with Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's never been that kind of a team before. So I certainly think he has that factor going for him that the expectations aren't there. Yeah. And yet they had a whole off season together. I, I don't know. I think big things are happening for their offense this year. All right. It is the moment everyone's been waiting for. We are going to try and pick the Super Bowl in the preseason. Bob, we'll start with you who you got there and who's winning it all. So this is the second time we've picked the Super Bowl, and I'm sure it won't be the last time, but I'm sticking with my pick that I made just a week after the Super Bowl. Ravens are Seahawks, and Seahawks are going to win it. Wow, very, very nice. That is, that's pretty bold. I, I like the pick, too. I think both of those teams will be there. In fact, I have the Ravens and the Seahawks losing to my two Super Bowl teams in the AFC and NFC Championship game because I'm going to pick the Packers to win the NFC, I believe in Green Bay. I think they will use the heartbreak from last season and Jordy Nelson's injury as motivation. It's hard to get the three state Super Bowls for Seattle, so I think that Green Bay will break through. They have more talent than just Jordy Nelson. But here's what I'm going to say. I know I just said it's hard to get the three straight Super Bowls. It's even harder to win two straight Super Bowls. I'm going Patriots over Packers, and here's why. Patriots are going to go into psycho Mortal Kombat brutality mode for this whole deflate gate stuff that's been thrown in their face. They are going to destroy every single team this year. They're going to play their guys into the fourth quarter of week 17, even if they're 14 and 1. They're not going to care. This is going to be 2007 all over again. They are going to play. They could be winning 50 to nothing in the AFC title game, and they're still going to go for two. That is how bad this is going to be. You mark my words, making. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, this angry, is like kicking the hornet's nest or pulling on Superman's cape. They are going to come after it, and there's nothing, I know there's nothing more. Tom Brady would love it if he's standing on that podium, grinning from ear to ear in Roger Goodell's face as he hands him his second consecutive trophy. Don't mess with the Patriots when they're mad, and they're going to be furious this year. I'm picking them to win it all. 
you know it's a good pick uh regardless of that that little rant you had <laughs> um the only reason i am hesitant to pick them is they did not do a good job replacing Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner. True. But so I, it's more the defensive side that I have question marks, but if that offense is clicking, I think they can mask that pretty easily. They're angry, Bob. Don't, you don't want to mess with them when they're angry. Malcolm Butler is your starting quarterback now. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, hey. Just It'll saying. be okay. It'll be okay. All righty, man. So we're going to go, we're going to do something a little different here, though. We're going to go from the best to the worst. And so what we're going to do, because we're running a little low on time, but we are going to pick who we think the five teams will be drafting top five in the draft next year. So I'll let you start off, Bob. Who, who, who are your five? Uh, starting at number five, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think they're going to be better, but I, I mean, they only won two games last year, so they're still not good. Uh, right. Next, I got the 49ers. Uh just because new coach decimated team the only familiar face really is Kaepernick uh I don't think they're in in for a good year number three I got the Chicago Bears just because I think this is the year that it bottoms out I think it's the year that Jay Cutler is done uh I know what you said about Jim Fox but I'm not I'm not too sold on them uh number two I got the Tennessee Titans I know they got Mariota if he if he plays amazingly, they will not be picking second, but uh, that offensive line is bad, and just about every other part of their team is still bad. Uh, and then number one, I got the Washington Redskins for the reasons we talked about before. Uh, they're just a train wreck, and it's only going to get worse. All right, here's my five, and it's pretty similar, but there are a couple differences. Number five, I've got Tennessee, because I think Mariota will play well enough to keep them out of the top three, but still in the top five. Number four, I've got Jacksonville. I don't know, man. I just think Jacksonville is just one more bad year away from being good. I, I like Blake Bortles, don't get me wrong, but I still think that there are a lot of holes on that team. Number three, San Francisco. That team's crashing and burning this year. I think that they're in for a very long season and a rude awakening because the cracks on that defense are showing, and it's tough to replace some of the guys they lost. Number two, I've got Washington because I think that they are in for a disaster year as well. But number one... You guessed it, the Cleveland Browns. This team is going down hardcore. There is no way this team is winning more than three games this year with Josh McCown leading the way. We'll talk more about this on Clee Talk because it's a nice little segue into it. But the Cleveland Browns, you look at that schedule and point to more than three wins. They've got to face... So many good teams. Now, I agree. Arizona and San Francisco might be a little easier than, than their records from last year. But, man, dude, I cannot see this team having a good season with Josh McCown at quarterback. So I've got them number one overall. They'll finally get a chance to address the quarterback problem that's plagued them for 15, 16, whatever many years it is now. And, yes, they're going down, man. I I, I, I just don't think they're going to have a good year. All right, well, that discussion will to be to continued and Klee talk um it's hard to argue against that but yeah i guess we'll just talk about it. we'll talk about it later oh yeah we'll talk about <laughs> stay it stay tuned for that podcast. episode <laughs> um all right and one last thing we're going to do here we're going to try to do this every week um but each week we're going to go in and pick five games do a little pick them try to highlight some of the best games of the week and 
Bob will pick a winner, I'll pick a winner, and we'll keep track of our records and probably talk some smack about it too. So, Bob, let's start with Seahawks at Rams. Who you got? I know you're set on the Rams, but I'm picking Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle will easily befuddle the Rams offense, especially week one uh, with all those new pieces. It'll be hard for the Rams to get clicking. I I got Seattle winning pretty easily. Yeah, the only thing that the Rams have going for them that's in St. Louis, but I still am going to pick the Seahawks because, again, week one, I'm not going to pick against the Seahawks, even though I do like the Rams. I think the Rams could win that game or surprise, but I'll pick the Seahawks. Uh, Lions at Chargers. That's another intriguing one. Yeah, uh, I'm... Last episode, I said I was pretty sold on the Chargers, and I'm actually kind of down on the Lions. Uh, it's at home across the country in San Diego. I think uh, I think San Diego has the offensive firepower to take advantage of a weakened Lions unit, so I'm t- picking Chargers. Yeah, I'll pick the Chargers as well for the same reasons. they got to go cross-country, play on the West Coast, and I think the Chargers are just a better team. All right, man, we got to start disagreeing here. Ravens at Broncos. <laughs> Uh, I'm picking the Ravens just because they're my Super Bowl pick. I think this will be a really tough one to pick, and uh, Broncos probably are favorited to win it, but I think the Ravens are just going to get started off on the right foot. Yes, in mile high, I'm going to take the Broncos. It's week one. Peyton Manning isn't broken down yet. If this were like week 10 or 11, it could be interesting, but week one, I think the Broncos will win. So we've got one disagreement. Giants at Cowboys. You know, I'll surprise you. I'm picking the Giants. Um, Giants at Cowboys is one of those games, matchups that happens twice a year that's always always befuddles you. Whoever's the favorite loses in a disastrous way. I think Cowboys have to be favorited to win this game, but the Giants hate the Cowboys, and I'm going to pick them to win it. It's always a fun one to watch. You're right. right. Like, I feel like the Giants and Cowboys, they just ridiculous stuff happens, and it's usually at the expense of Dallas. So I'm hesitant, but I am picking the Cowboys because it's in Dallas. So we've got two now. All right, finally, Chiefs at Texans. Who you got? I'm picking the Chiefs. They are a really talented team. Uh, Texans just don't have a quarterback. Chiefs have a quarterback killer in Justin Houston. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the upset. Texans in Houston. So we've got three there. So one of us will come out on top going into week two. But I think the Houston defense will keep them in it, and who knows? It probably could be an ugly game, though, because neither of those teams, both those teams, have pretty nasty defenses. So, be an interesting one to watch. Man, I picked four of five away teams. That's not good. Yeah, that's generally not good. I mean, usually the Seahawks are a good team to pick on the road, but yeah, we'll see, man. It's a long season. We've got a lot more pick 'em. We're gonna have a lot more football to talk about. But right now, I'm focused in on Thursday Night Football coming up here, the kickoff game, Pittsburgh at New England. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Football's back. Fantasy teams are set. So it is going to be another fantastic year in the NFL. And I guarantee you, a lot of things we said on these last two podcasts are going to be very wrong. So we have to look forward forward to that as well. But... In the meantime, until next week, uh, don't forget to come back later this week for our Clee Talk bonus edition on the Cleveland Browns. We'll be breaking down their season. You will kind of already know what I think is going to happen with the Browns, but we'll have a little more in-depth discussion about them. And, of course, we'll be back next week with another podcast. So come back to FenleyRoadSports.com. Support us on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, FenleyRDSports. Instagram is FenleyRoadSports. And we'll have more content on the blog, on the website, all that fun stuff. 
Thank you again for your support, and we will talk to you again next week as always. All right, I'll see you, Chris. Take care, Bob.